Online, on demand, and on your mind. TalkZone.com uh, One quick comment about CRN Digital Talk Radio. We love those guys over there. They do a great job, and we really want to thank them. Yeah. We appreciate them very much. For those of you who have newly joined us, we are talking today about the amazing miracle that happened in Rwanda, starting with nearly a million people dying in a massive slaughter of genocide to what's happening today in the realms of forgiveness and miracles. So in this... Um, genocide is simply mass murder of some group of people that you hate. That's all yeah. it is. Mass murder of somebody you hate. It's the worst. It is. It's just total evil. So Busy Mana is uh, the fellow here that he went before the the Gakeka court. Which must be just embarrassing, huh? Shameful. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. And he told them how he killed his fellow men, and he asked forgiveness in front of the court, and the whole district was there. Uh, it was profound. It was really quite profound. You, you know, I often think on criminals, if you could, you know, those who were of a repentant heart, if they could earn their way back into graces, it would be better than them just doing time. It's like you need to give back some of the wound that you gave instead of, you know, sucking 100000 a year for yourself off of the people, the very people that you penalized, so, you know, to me, something like what he did, he just butchered so many people and was part of that hate hatred kind of thing. You know, maybe he would offer himself to be a slave for life to help people, to help the people he harmed. Maybe that would balance the scales and everyone would win because the people he hurt had great losses on all levels. And if he could give his life and you know they could be as merciful as they want and you know they seem like very merciful people so this could be a win win and a win a major win so effie the woman whose family that uh busy mana one of the people whose family that he killed she admits that it was difficult to forgive she said that she did not speak to busy mana or his wife for four years after the killings what put her on the road to healing, she says, was the Gakaka process, where he again stood up in front of the whole district and community and described what he did and then said that he was profoundly sorry for it. It has not helped, it has not just helped me, it has helped all of Rwandans because someone comes and accepts what he did and he asked for forgiveness from the whole community, from all Rwandans. But despite Bizimana's confession and apology, Effie said reconciliation would not have happened unless she had unless she had decided to open her heart and accept his pleas. Mm-hmm. Just what Keith has said. You must choose this. Do you know how big it is to choose that? That's Do you big. know how big it is to choose that? You know how easy it is to have your mind filled with that dirty, rotten person and just stay there. And stay in revenge. You know how big it is to take that 
and forgive somebody and move on. Now that's a big person. You're a much, much smaller person when you're considering exacting revenge. That's a much smaller yeah. person. This is an enlightened lady doing this. We're talking about going in the direction of Christ consciousness, which is just a higher realm of orderliness and the higher process of how things can work if we're simply mature enough. And she's clear. She chose to walk this path. She chose to get free within herself, let the dead be dead, and to move on. That is so big. She says, I am Christian and I pray a lot. And she said... Sounds like it. <laughs> How else would you do it? No, I know. you got to get totally. help. you got to muster all you got. That's a hard thing to do. You know, God bless people like this. What examples they are to us. So, here's what happened. I, I just really acknowledge Macy's department store for the role they played in this. It's really something. Macy set up an agreement with these people to uh, make what they call peace baskets, peace baskets, excuse me, in 2005. So with with the basket business, it also has uh, forged played a key role in forging forgiveness and recon reconciliation after the horror. So we knew how to weave baskets, says Effie. I helped unite Rwandan, Rwandans in this area because they accepted me as the master weaver, and I could not say, I am not taking your basket or I am not helping you because you did something to me. These people are choosing to get over this history so that they can uh, heal and flourish once again. So... Next time we go to a Macy's, we intend to get one of those baskets. Actually, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Feel good about that. Macy's sold the first piece baskets in 2005, and officials say that the deal generates between three hundred dollars and $400,000 a year. Which is a lot to them. A Rwandan weaver can earn about $14 a week. This is a king's ransom in a country where so many live on less than $1 per week. Today, Rwandan is an African success story. You know, better than handouts... These people are willing to give you something, and they, they have quality, quality work. They're willing to give you something very valuable for what they get back. That's right. That's good stuff. Hand, handouts are bad, folks. They're, Unless it's the very worst of a crisis, if you keep the handouts, you debilitate people. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Thank you very much for joining us today. So <clears throat> this whole process that has freed up all these people, this is the results of it. Today, Rwanda is an African success story. It is one of the fastest economic growth rates in the region and one of the lowest crime rates, the lowest rate of HIV AIDS. About one-third of Rwanda's cabinet are female ministers and 48% of parliamentaries are women, the highest anywhere in the world, according to the United Nations. You know, a lot of the men are gone. 
Yeah, good point. Well, not just men. They were slaughtering everybody. Yes, and, uh, you know, women uh, like these uh, banks that loan incremental things to poor people. Yes. Women you can trust more than men a lot of times. And there's a lot of success on the backs of women these days. Because they are responsible for their kids. They got their kids. That's right. The country is clean because of a mandatory policy that sees even government ministers participate in cleanup once a month. Plastic bags are banned. The international business community praises Rwanda's good governance and the absence of uh, official corruption or graft. Kagame is credited not just with turning Rwanda around, but also being the driving force behind rejecting revenge. Hmm. See, this is enlightened behavior. You want peace? This is it. We were in danger of having another genocide, he says. People were so badly aggrieved that they could easily have turned on those that they thought were responsible for this and actually killed them in another wave of killings. But that did not happen, he said. We said building a a nation was the most important thing. You know, like uh, in this 911 and everything, the United States could have just gone and nuked all the Muslim nations or nuked the hot spots. But we don't do that. We have these smart bombs to do minimal damage to the civilians. You know, we're the opposite of that, yet making a stand. And anybody who's studied this or talked to Muslims or talked to people who are in the area, they know that the Muslim, the uh, terrorist Muslims, if they win, if you back down, they come stronger. That's how the Koran is designed. That's how they're taught. So no one talks about Hutus and Tutsis, he explained. There is Rwanda, there are Rwandans, and the common interest we have for a better future for this country is more important than any other interest. In um, Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> it truly is. And Bizimana uh, said, uh, It hurts my heart to see that I did something wrong to friends of my family to people who we even shared meals with. I am still asking for, for, for forgiveness from the people that I hurt. This is exactly the behavior that walks you out of the karma mm-hmm. as you truly get it. Amazingly, this author writes, um, many seem to be forgiven. And, and my comment is, we need to be in a world where it isn't amazing that the forgiveness is there. We need to be in a world that it, um, being forgiven isn't amazing, but it's the standard practice. You know, we have to remember two things, folks. These lessons are two-sided. So whoever, it, you know, whoever perpetrated on you, there was a lesson in there for you. That's lesson, that's point number one. Point number two, uh, Whatever it is that they need to be forgiven for, you might as well go ahead and forgive them because God will make sure that they learn the lesson before it's all said and done. He will. She will. It's true. There's no question about it. So you don't need to be the one to worry about that. You can rise above, find forgiveness, find your lesson, and move forward. And that is the enlightened way of being. These are amazing, enlightened people. I'm very impressed. So... In that they forgive you is only the beginning for you. If you've committed some kind of 
a, a violation or a heinous crime or whatever, that they forgive you, it's a great beginning. But whether they do or not, yours is to constructively make amends. It doesn't mean you just go and uh, demean yourself. That's, that's not constructive. It means that you do what you can. Let's say you did this, you don't know how to help out. You go all around the, the town and clean up where the bombs were. Uh, you clean up the litter on the side of the road. You help in the hospital. Uh, you, you paint over graffiti, whatever it is. And you do the very best you can with your life. This forgives you. They can forgive you one step from their point, but for you to forgive yourself, you have to walk a path that reverses things and shows on a physical level a contrite heart that is so sorry for what it did and seeks out of the goodness of it and out of the fairness of it to make amends and reverse the damage it's done. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, uh, with sound answers to life's tough questions, airing Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Uh, there was a story in uh, the news uh, today. A fellow who was in prison for 27 years for rape and murder of his girlfriend, he was cleared by DNA. After 27 years in prison, he was in there. 27 years? 27 years. Oh. Long haul. He was just released April 29th. Well, now that seems unfair, doesn't it? (laughs) It's a trick question. (laughs) Trick question. (laughs) So we thought we would have Keith use his uh, abilities as a healer to tune in to this man's current lessons to see why on earth he would have landed in prison when he didn't actually do the rape and murder. And here's what Keith discovered. So I go into this lifetime before he was uh, railroaded into prison. And his general attitude seemed to have been, I'm cool. He was just saturated in I'm cool. I can do anything I want. I can get away with anything I want to. So he had that swagger, you know. And that it, pattern in his in his personality. Right, in his soul, actually. Yes. And it, it's arrogant, and it's disrespectful, and it's destructive. So then I go there, and then it starts bleeding into the past life. In this past life, I start seeing this big gun. He's on the porch of, of a house, old wooden porch, you know, 100 years ago or so. And he's got this shotgun. He's a marshal or sheriff kind of thing. Now, this man, this lifetime is colored, and that lifetime he was uh, white. And it, it, it seems like he was in Texas, Louisiana, someplace, some area like that back then, and this was a Texas case this lifetime. So in the past life, I see that he murdered many. He, he, I think he's a sheriff. I see this badge. With a big shotgun. I see him pulling up the shotgun and shooting. So he shoots and then asks questions later is what he does. So he's doing this to uphold the law, and it's illegal, it's immoral, immoral, it's indiscriminate. And like I said, he shoots first and asks questions later. And he justifies himself like, you know, uh, I'm uh, intimidating and terrorizing, and this is how I 
uphold the law. It's, it's like I have brute response to anything that I think is anything even vaguely close to out of hand. And, uh, you know, they're no, they know to be scared of me because I'm going to shoot anything close to who I think or if somebody's running at the same time something happens, I'm going to shoot them. And so because he was so unfair this way, it flip-flopped this lifetime, and he was accused of rape. And convicted and, and put in prison. For 27 years of rape and murder, murder. Even though he didn't do it. To balance out what he did before. I don't see rape in this other lifetime. He might have done that. But I, what I do see is his big gun and uh, one person after another. Well, he didn't do the rape, but it's what got him in prison. But, you know, what's interesting is people like this sometimes sue the system for a wrongful conviction. Whoops. But if... <laughs> but what I was going to say is if he's smart, he won't do that. Yeah. Because that, that'll we're, just buy him we're, a... We're barely, barely paying the tab as it yeah, is. No. It'd be best just to accept you it. You don't want old karma to come tab, tab hunter again. <laughs> You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. We'll be right back.